everybody likes guns They just don't know it Deep inside of the soul There's a cowboy trying to get out Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Hello and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 251. I'm one of your panelists, Amanda, and as always, I have my other half, Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. I've got Jay. Hello, Jay. How's it going? And we got Jeff. Good evening, Jeff. Howdy. How's it going, and, Amanda? You know, we, we put this together. We have the three J's. I, I, I'm not too sure how I feel about that. But <laughs> you guys are a bunch of trouble. We so are. No, are. not us. No. Well, I know it's been a month, and we're excited to record. Uh, we have lots to share, so how about we jump on and get started? Uh, so, Jay, why don't you fill us in on what you've been up to? All right. Well, I'll keep... Uh... It's short and sweet. This past weekend, I was able to get out to Avon Moore, Ontario uh, for the CRPS uh, Rimfire Competition Academy. And that was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was put on by obviously CRPS and Rick, uh, as well as they had all of kind of big names of the sport there. So Matt Huey and uh, uh, Travis Mitchell uh, and whatnot. So they, all the fellows were there. Nice. Teaching. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I can tell you, I learned a ton. And if you haven't, or if you have any interest in CRPS or even just rifle shooting in general, it's kind of like the, it's like the next step from Maple Seed. I think it's like a natural dovetail graduation for that. So if you can get out to one of those, get out to one of those. How'd you, uh, how'd you find out about that and where can we watch for a future event? So I found it initially on the uh, CRPS website in their events tab. And I was kind of sort of half keeping tabs on it, but uh, it was actually Travis Mitchell got a hold of me. And told me like there was one spot left, uh, and they went like in one day. And uh, that's the uh, that's the boss gear dude, right? Yeah, that's the boss gear dude. Uh, so I kind of got after it and and registered right away. Um, and unbeknownst to me, I, they also I think went pretty quick because um, Voodoo Gunworks sponsored all the tuition. So it was it was a it was it was a free course for everyone if you were able to get get in on time and, and register. And I think it had to have gone in less than a day. Like it was. Awesome that quick yeah. oh wow yeah it was a ton of fun i learned a ton and if if and like i said it's uh it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so i suggest everyone well and, and, and as hard as orps is i mean the prs must be that much harder with actual distance rather than just mimic it with the size right yeah so it was kind of it, it was that's an interesting thing so we got a lot of experience in wind and uh, getting our dope and kind of applying it all. And um, it was certainly, there were certainly some extra challenges there, but I think the biggest challenge was more, more psychological. Uh, as long as you were, you know, kept to your fundamentals and, and you had good data and kind of went through the process of your age prep, right? It wasn't as challenging as I thought. It's kind of the same, feels the same as far as the fundamental side. It's just now the added mental capacity of kind of figuring out that other that other equation like what you're yeah. doing more going. more bullet drop and wind and mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so it was definitely fun to stretch the rifle out i made hits the furthest hits i've ever made on steel uh with a 22 so it was th like 320 yards oh wow uh, and then uh, uh in winds we had like my wind bracket when we were shooting the first stage I, sh I hit seven out of the eight targets on the first stage um I think it was like from 140 yards up to that 320. Uh, the winds was, was a steady six mile per hour with frequent gusts up to 26. So it was, it was some tough, 
when to play with, but they they really made it simple and the skills you learn are pretty phenomenal. I just what I really liked is that they they talked the theory, they kind of gave you what you know, but it was immediately like cemented with with an actual experience. So it's not like you know you watch something on YouTube and you and you kind of get the the theory, but you don't get to experience it. Here you you got the theory and you got to do it right away, like instantly, and and then put it all together uh, in like a mock match at the end. So it was really cool. Kind of the way they do maple seed, I guess. You get the theory and then you go and apply it. Yeah. It's yeah, it feels very much like that. Like the the method of instruction is very similar, and I guess that's no surprise being Rick, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And the one exception is like it's very it's very well supported by industry leaders, like and and various manufacturers. So like, Buda Gunworks was there. Vortex was basically everything Vortex makes is was there. Um, it, like Boss Gear, so you got to try everything that he had uh, to offer, and that was a cool thing because if you kind of had a question about a certain rifle or a certain piece of equipment or a combination thereof, people just didn't talk to you about it. You got to go try it. So it was, it, it was really cool that way. Um, so that's why I say if, if people can get out to it, um, whenever there is one, I can see those filling up like in a snap because it is, it is so valuable. Um, okay. Yeah. It was really good. Awesome. Yeah. It was that cool. about it? That's about it. I'll leave it at that for now. Okay, so that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for now. For now. All right. We'll Jeff. Jeff, fill us in. Uh, well, trying to trying to remember everything. I know there's not a lot. I missed the lap last episode, uh, so I can't remember what I did when. But most recently. Um, Met up with Josh at the Big Buck Day in Clinton, Seaforth, sorry, Seaforth, Clinton, Seaforth. It was Seaforth, right, Josh? It was Seaforth, yes. It was Seaforth. Uh, and checked out the gun show there and, and uh, um, checked out all the other uh, vendors and met up with some other friends and spent some time there. Um, there was nothing gun shows are a little bit boring now in the past couple of years there's nothing well, that really screamed kind of been a while since i had been to one though too so well kind of yeah cool. well kind of see I guess, what everybody's uh ripping us off for now so right yeah i guess yeah the, <laughs> the closest we would have had is when we were at uh, tap tacon last year yeah um but yeah just nothing that said take me home mm-hmm. uh, i've been bugging amanda a lot with a bunch of uh event planning mm-hmm. <sighs> national range day is just around the port uh, around the corner mm-hmm. um i know on i've had some stressful days and just been doing some backyard planking um stress relief kind of thing uh mostly with 22s but uh once i did uh, take out my scout rifle and play with that uh, for put about 15, 20 rounds through it just because I felt like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I'm done. The but, benefits of living on a farm, right? Uh, it is. It, <laughs> no, actually, I, I live downtown Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> In an apartment. Um, no, uh, yes, it is definitely one of the benefits of, uh, of living on a farm uh, and having good neighbors as well. Um, but I'm sure there's more, but that's that's all that's really coming to mind. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Well, Josh has been a busy boy and he made a lots of notes about it. So well, not, you not overly it? busy, but it's been a month. So I mean, yeah, I got to attend uh, ORPS J match number two. So that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I unfortunately had to had to go solo to that one just because of uh, our busy weekends. But it was a, it was a pretty good time. Uh, I really felt like uh, it was a much different vibe than the first one. Um, Mostly because of Jay's energy, I think, because he was pretty, uh, he was pretty, he seemed a little bit on edge the first time. <laughs> and the second time he was pretty chill. So I think, you know, having been through it once and, and kind of knew what everybody was, was going to, what, what everybody was going to expect. And it was, it was, I think, a lot uh, easier going match, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I think I shot a little bit better than the first time. Yes, you did. Just, I think, you I think it was just being, three spots. being more comfortable, right? Yeah. I think was was all of it, just just knowing what to expect. And mm -hmm. yeah, um, range was wet as it dried up a bit. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Yeah, we were basically uh, laying laying in puddles for some of the some of the stages. But bring your scuba gear. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so speaking of bags, I don't, I didn't have anything cool like the uh, the boss gear bags, but I made my own tactical pencil case bag. I've got a picture of it there in the show notes since Jeff didn't get to see it. Yeah, how did it work <laughs> out? It was good. It was good. It, it had its place. <laughs> that was I, I specifically wanted it for the uh, for the ladder rungs, and yeah, it was, it was perfect for that because I you don't have the space with the scope and the thickness right. of the rifle, right? You're going to bang the rung up on top, and I didn't want to scratch my scope, so that was all good. Um, I bought a, uh, a bipod before this match too. I got the, uh, the Magpul MOE bipod, uh, nothing too crazy, but a little bit, a uh, little bit better than entry level, I guess. And, uh, it worked out pretty well. I only used it on one stage though. It just was the only one that really presented itself, but, um, it's really the plano case. Yeah. Yeah. I went shopping too. I got a new case for my revolver. And I guess too, yeah, it's been a while since I since I've been on. I guess a lot's happened. I got my Speed Beast uh, holster finally arrived, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm liking that. Uh, for the price, the quality seems great. Uh, it's got really good retention, and it's kind of a semi speed holster there, so you can kind of you don't have to lift it all the way up with that big six inch barrel. You right. have to go an inch or two up, and then you can bring it forward. So it's pretty cool. Looking forward to getting more practice with that. And uh, and I guess Jeff forgot to mention that we were out at his farm there last weekend and we set up the turkey blind. So oh, yes. I don't yes, think... there's been a lot of turkey scouting going on. Yeah, I don't think either of us have actually tried to, to hunt anything yet, but <laughs> we got the setup ready. So you've noticed a bit of activity, eh, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of evening activity. Yeah. Why are we recording tonight? We should have been doing that. That's right. It's a beautiful evening for it. <sighs> I could have recorded live from the blind. That would have been fun. Should well, record. yeah, that would have worked. Yeah, probably. But uh, any of our listeners, if you've uh, caught your turkey or been out hunted, let us know in the comments below on YouTube, which is a brand new feature for us. We just posted our 250th episode online. So, yeah, we want to see your comments below. How did you How did you feel about match number two, Jay? You didn't really interject there. Oh, it was good. It went uh, it went pretty good, and it's kind of uh, I think it was before the alterations to our uh, that's right our facility. So it was it was all right, um, and I think I kind of it was a bit more easier because we had more time. Like I spaced the squad, yeah. but now going forward, there's no more squads. So everyone's gonna be there together. So it'll be we'll run two stages simultaneously. It'll be fun. cool. Yeah, so it, it should be a little bit better that way, and not take awesome. a whole. 
Awesome possum. That's about it for me. That's it for you? Yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't had a whole lot of action at the range for myself. Um, we did chilly day. That that's then that's how long it's been. We did chilly <laughs> day, and you know what? Despite the weather, it was a pretty good success. Um, looking forward to building on that next year. Yeah. Um, our breakfast shoots wrapped up, so we did do the last one. We brought the girls with us. Unfortunately, due to um, some um, uh, scheduling conflicts. We've been having the girls for um, more often during on the weekends and during the week. And uh, it's been a little difficult to try and juggle all of that, right? And uh, so I have been sacrificing myself for actually shooting time and allowing Josh to go. So, oh, geez. I have to pay. No, no. I'm, like, I go, I'm also part of the club membership and the directors. So I know I had to take time and plan for doing that. So I don't know. But the breakfast shoot was fun. I, I think I didn't shoot very well, but you did. You placed second, I think, in two of the. Did you? No, you placed on all three. Yeah. Which is awesome. So. Uh, like uh, Jeff said, we're planning for National Range Day. We're starting to get some uh, excitement about that. So, again, if you're interested, take a look at your local gun range, see if they're hosting an event uh, for National Range Day. I know our Milverton Rod and Gun Club is. Are you guys, Jay, or no? Yeah, so we're looking at doing a joint one. Uh, that's what, part of what took so long before I, why I was late tonight. Um, we're going to do, it looks like they're going to do a joint one with a, a neighboring club. Uh, Hunters and Arrows Club. It's not too far from us, so nice. Awesome. But you're still coming to Milverton to record with us on National yeah, Day. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. So they asked if I was going to be around to be there, and I'm like, ah, I can't. <laughs> we'll see how this all flies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It takes a lot to plan these events, so make sure to uh, thank your volunteers when you're there because it it definitely takes a lot out of you to host one. It's a lot of fun, but. It, it's it a takes lot of work. a lot. Yes, it okay. does. Um, you know, we also have a ladies' day shoot coming up. And uh, so we were planning for that and the fish fry. So I was more focusing on the media points and uh, posters. And so just trying to make time for that. I was super duper late on the newsletter and I felt so bad, but um, I, I had a lot of work stuff and I had to write four exams in a week and it was a pain in the petunia. So um, the other major thing is we had an extra club meeting in regards to our, our politics and our views about some new builds and they're looking to rezone in the area. And our biggest concern is that they're trying to rezone it to residential. And, uh, you know, I believe one of our, um, directors bill was able to list at least four or five clubs who have been shut down due to noise complaints. And, you know, our biggest concern is that if you're going to build a residential area right behind our club, we're looking for trouble that way. So we're doing our very best to advocate for our club uh, and to uh, keep our club open for all who want to join and participate in this amazing sport. So fingers crossed that we, we hit our municipal government well in our key points, right? Which is safety, noise complaints, and the fact that, you know, there are limited spaces for people to go and participate in these activities. So I think that was about it for me though. So all the, the club director stuff, I got to say, I don't blame Josh for stepping down because it is a lot of work. 
yeah. and maybe I bit off more than I che- I could chew at one point, but I think it's just finding the groove. That's all. So, but that's it for me. So let's move on to our uh, main topic, which is scout rifles. And you know, this went way over my head. I know you guys were talking about it. So <laughs> I know you guys are going to shoot the breeze, but you know, be nice, be kind. Let me kind of fill me in on what it is, um, you know, what it is, what you're looking for, and why you would use it. That's the key points I want you guys to make sure you hit today. Would it help if I just kind of introduce what, like, what it is first? Would that? Yeah, that'd be perfect. All right. So uh, we'll start with this. The scout rifle concept is basically a, a concept that was come up with by uh, Colonel Jeff Cooper, um, who founded the American Pistol Institute and the the Gunset Academy. And back in the 80s, I'm just looking for a date on this. I think it was in 83, so the year I was born. Um, he released an article called The Scout Rifle Idea, in which he went on to the benefits or went on talking about the benefits of this style rifle, which um, basically, to sum it up, is a carbine uh, of a length no longer than 39 inches and of a weight no more than seven and a half pounds and a caliber uh, capable of taking a game up to about 500 pounds or so, so typically 308. So he's talking about the benefits of a carbine like that, uh, and that featured a forward-mounted long-eye relief scope. And uh, uh, that idea has been kind of kicked around and tossed around, I guess, over many years. But my, my first... Uh, kind of dealings with a scout rifle was when Ruger, uh, in the, well, maybe what was it 10, 15 years ago or so, came yeah. out their Ruger scout rifle, or gunsight scout rifle at the time. Now it's just a Ruger yes. And I kind of fell in love with the idea then through all the marketing and, and whatnot. I really, I resonated with the whole, you know, the one rifle, if you can only just have one uh, kind of idea. And uh, I got into scout rifles then. And I invested a fair bit of time and money uh, into the idea as marketed by Ruger. And uh, I'll get into the results after. <laughs> You're saying you fell victim to marketing. Is that what you're to say? <laughs> yeah, I'll get into what the results were about it after, but that's my kind of uh, a very brief idea of where, what a scout rifle is, where it came from, uh, and, and kind of how I heard about it. I should say this, uh, prior to this article, the scout rifle idea, Jeff Cooper, I don't know, I think it was a few years before, wrote an article um, for Gun Digest called uh, the, the Carbine Compromise. And where I actually found that article a lot more interesting because it basically went into all the merits of a carbine um, and not only just from size and its you know handling, but also kind of ballistically as well uh, for a lot of outdoorsy hunting scouting type activities and uh and the carbine is you know as we all know has been a lot long around a lot longer than cooper has so it's not something that he came up with he just kind of showed why he fancied it i think that article had a lot more i don't know relevant and usable information so that's my brief thing on what a scout rifle is and how i know about it but i'll let anyone else jump in with their input and their experience and we'll go from there well i also when Ruger Gunsight came out with with that rifle, I fell in love. Mm-hmm. I loved the concept. And uh, that's, I didn't fall into the Ruger concept. I did some studying and it was probably five, six years ago, I finally 
bought one and I went with the Mossberg MVP Scout in 308. Excellent. Very good. We have nothing. We're we're noobs. So are you, you guys are, are you guys familiar with Jeff Cooper? That name resonates. You know who he is? No. Uh, Jay talks about him a lot. That's mm -hmm. about all I know. Okay. So uh, we'll put <laughs> together a required, uh, required reading list for you. And yep. uh, yeah, we'll have to do. So is he more articles or like, is he published in a particular magazine or does he do books? He's uh, kind of, well, he was kind of, he passed away in 2006, but he, uh, he's kind of everything. So he uh, obviously served in the military, he wrote articles, he wrote books. Um, he, he was a Marine, correct, Jay? That's correct. The uh, colonel in the colonel in the United States Marine Corps, and um, he uh, he really uh, he was also an educated man. He's a very smart man, uh, and I, the, he was a a big reader. And uh, um, there's one I can't remember the name of the author that he really based a lot of his kind of some of his ideas on. Uh, it'll come to me, I'm sure, but. Uh, certainly a learned man from there he like i said he founded the american pistol institute in their uh, ranch in arizona and from from there it turned into the gunsight academy and kind of the rest is history and there's tons out there so there's no you know you can a simple google search will get you everything you want to know really interesting character um but uh and i think i found that he was uh I like to, it's fun to go back and look at all the stuff that he kind of came up with and how it's influenced things. And there's still, I think a lot of relevancy today and a lot of the things that, uh, he, he, he pushed, um, in particular, like one thing people can look at is like the book, the art of the rifle. Uh, that's a great, you know, it's a great lead. Uh, and I think there's a lot of relevant information in there. However, with this idea, uh, I think, you know, for its time, it uh, it made sense given certain things, um, like the wanting to have iron sights uh, as backup to your scope, given, you know, quality scopes at the time. However, there's a couple things I, I kind of take exception to um, in terms of benefits of the scout rifle consider, uh, configuration. Um, he really tried to push that the scout rifle, again, understand it's got the forward mounted scope, would be ideal for fast target acquisition. And uh, uh, he kind of based a drill around it called the snapshot, where with the gun at a high ready at uh, 25 yards, you'd, you'd hit a forest target in a second and a half. And uh, you can certainly do it with a scout rifle. Um, I just didn't find that that configuration lent itself to quick handling and quick target acquisition and, and hits. And the reason is not because of the rifle, more because of the scope and my difficulty with the scout rifle was i just found it not very beneficial with that forward mounted scope and i i struggled to understand where he's coming from and i kind of wonder if he used it a whole lot <laughs> so that's kind of he also he also specced so uh, if if i'm if my recollection is correct that nothing more than a three power scope yeah and one of the reasons also other than for the peripheral uh was because you know he was coming up with this idea in the 70s and early 80s mm -hmm. um the scope had to clear the action so that you could utilize stripper clips if applicable yeah exactly and i guess too there's merit in terms of 
if you had a problem or some sort of jam stoppage or foul up, you have access to the action right then and there. Um, and so I think it, it, it's, uh, I think the idea to me personally, and again, the idea of this rifle with that Ford mounted optic kind of became dated very early on. Um, like I'm curious how long, like, cause if this is in the eighties where rifles with strip clips really used for these functions into the eighties, into the nineties and so on and so forth. Um, like, I'm just curious how relevant, like how much of a need that would be. But what I found is using it for hunting. Well, two things, I did a lot of shooting with it, uh, with my Ruby Gunsight Scout, which was equipped with, uh, it was a, a Vortex um, Scout Scope at the time. And then I kind of had enough of that and then got into a loophole. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Vortex, but I, I, it was more the frustration around the idea. Uh, what I found was for hunting uh, here in Ontario, at your kind of peak witching hour, that half hour before sunrise and half hour after sunset, and even beyond that, like into mm -hmm. the, you know, as you get even, even further into legal light, light transmission to that scope is horrible. Through any scout scope that I've, I've looked through is horrible. Um, so it kind of doesn't lend itself well to that. And then I guess people could argue, well, you could take the scope off and use the iron sight. Sure, you could do that. And then it's not a scout rifle anymore. Um, so there, again, looking at the idea of being a scout rifle, I just found that was my first kind of thing that kind of was a chink in the armor uh, when I first started using it and led to my first frustration. I actually lost a deer to that. Uh, hmm. I could see the deer with my naked eyes, but I couldn't see it through the scope. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, just because of light transmission. Secondly, up at the hunt property, when I start to really press into it and shoot it a lot in that configuration, I found that it actually hampered me for quick target acquisition and hits uh, on, on, on steel targets. So be it four inch plate, six inch plate, and then I have an eight inch plate um, that I worked with at various distances. In particular, when your background is like forest or not gotcha. a yeah. If that makes yep, sense. I understand. Yeah. The field of view in that, that scope, I believe if I remember correctly, cause I don't have anywhere I sold it all. Uh, I think it was a two and a half power. It was either two or two and a half power uh, scope up to more say six. I'd have to look again, but the, uh, I found that with the field of view being so narrow and even again, with the, and with the power backed off to the minimum magnification, it was just so much like looking through a toilet paper tube and your, your, <laughs> what you could see around the scope, didn't compensate for that. Um, so I just struggled with it. I struggled with the idea and, and I struggled with the performance aspect behind it. And I found that I actually just shot better with a sporter weight hunting rifle, like a Tika T3 or, a, uh, you know, I got my Winchester model 70, et cetera, et cetera. And I could perform better with those rifles in those circumstances. I could see in those low light hours of uh, first legal light, I could I could acquire a target faster in a much wider field of view. Um, I could still see around the scope quite well. Um, and so it's yeah. not necessarily the carbine itself. It's just the most of your issues are scope related. With the scope related, yeah, with yeah. the full mounted optic. Now, take that away. You have a carbine, and carbines are awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Right, and they're, they're awesome. They're great. And then, so it had nothing to do with it. The rifle, uh, it just had to do with that idea, that pairing. The concept. The concept. So right. that was my struggle with the concept. So yeah, so I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. It's about the my struggle with the concept, not the rifle, uh, and not that anyone's scale rifle is bad. The rifle itself is amazing. I thought it was a great rifle. Um, phenomenal rifle. I just think the idea 
find it was was kind of now like then even flawed i was curious how you know i was actually kind of curious how much he used it because at the time where it was developed he had gunsight like gunsight ranch right you know he drove around on his three-wheeler with his dog in the back i'm kind of wondering if he ever really used it like i almost like i don't mean to disparage jeff cooper god like god rest his soul i'd love the guy but uh, <laughs> uh i'm kind of curious if did he you know get up and have his coffee and on the sconce and go ride on his three-wheeler with the dog in the back you know when the sun's up and stand on a you know a flat range like any one of us would and plink with a scout rifle and think this is the best thing ever but never apply it anywhere <laughs> like do you know what i'm getting at i just yep. kind of curious i just i just kind of curious and when i look at it now just my and this is all subjective just my opinion i think if you look at what rifles are and what they can do on a spectrum you know if you look at okay on one end of the spectrum you have uh, really heavy, really accurate, like precision type rifles on one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end of the spectrum, say like carbines where they're really light, wieldy, fast handling. Some might argue argue less accurate. I wouldn't, but maybe less ballistically capable depending on the caliber, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. Or even all the way to like a pistol caliber rifle or carbine, etc. You know, what they're capable of. That's a spectrum of capabilities. I, to me, the scout rifle doesn't land between like in the middle at all to me the scout rifle kind of lands closer to the shorter range less capable type in my mind uh end of that spectrum so when it comes to the marketing aspect and that this is really what's about beef with the whole thing is well if it, one rifle if i can only just own one i think i would have to go for me personally like just a sporter weight rifle with a modern sporter weight barrel length, which is typically 20 to 22 inches, where it's still fast handling. It still can engage close range, like snapshot style targets very effectively. And in my experience, more effectively than a scout rifle can. Mm -hmm. However, it's still very ballistically capable and you can engage targets at extreme long ranges as well if you do your part. And, and scout, I, scout rifles are typically 19 inch barrels. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, well, I should I should say, it as far as he spec'd, uh, his specification was nineteen inch. Was it yes? 19 that sorry, that was his specification. Yes, his specification. Now, in today's marketplace, you tend to see the sixteen and a half to eighteen. Yeah. If I'm because I, I what's your MVP, Jeff? I think it's. I think you're sixteen and a half. I think I'm sixteen and a half. Yeah, sixteen and a half, and with the right cartridge that really doesn't matter so much. Like the 308, um, as we all know, is pretty into, uh, uh, intolerant to barrel length. Like it, it gets mm -hmm. up pretty quickly and you're not really losing a whole lot there. Um, but in other calibers, you would lose a ton. Absolutely. Uh, and and I think, again, to my mind, it's like take modern or, or take fancy uh, what do you call it, marketing out of it or falling into marketing. If I can only own just one rifle for my purposes, and I'm not saying my purpose would be for everyone's purpose, to do it all, it would kind of just be a sport away hunting rifle to do it all. Um, and I think it would actually be more effective. That's just my opinion. I think like in the direction they're going with like rifles nowadays, like modern hunting rifles, which are kind of getting to the mountaineering end of things like light mountaineering, they might be a bit on the long side, but something along that vein with a, a 20 to 22 inch barrel, I think would would be your one rifle in my view mm -hmm. today and that's kind of where yeah sorry i was just gonna say jeff would you agree with that well 
Let me put it this way. I have not my one rifle. I have my MVP who I've moved the scope backward or moved the scope backwards and uh, put it where it's more comfortable for me to get my faster uh, sight picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a 28 inch barrel, 300 wind mag for when I'm not in the bush Yeah, for my long range shooting. Yeah. But as a bush rifle, I love it. Yeah. It's it's indestructible. Uh, it's been in the water. It's been in the mud. Just drop the bolt, run a boar snake through it, drop some oil in, and you're good to go. Um, if your scope screws up, rip it off, and you're running your backup ghost rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and the cool thing with that Mossberg is that where I really think they did it right, two reasons, is that they certainly made it – they made it – uh, affordable, but the man is never hardy, and, and like the quality's there, it's tough, reliable. But they also gave you a lot of options. Where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, their model has a full like the rail traverses the action and all the it, way through, yeah. So, I, and there's also uh mounting points on both sides and the bottom, so you yeah. can mount uh, lights, lasers, uh, and no proprietary mags. It takes AR-10 style mags. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's a cool. That, that's really cool. And I think that's the thing is that that's just a cool. That's a cool carbine. Yeah, and I love it. That you can do everything. With. Yeah, cool. That's really really cool. Would you say um, you had the same issues, Jay, uh, Jeff, about like Jay with the you know uh, witching hour, as you said, like with the oh, lighting? Absolutely, that, absolutely. Yeah? That's that's why I've changed the scope. Yeah. And I moved it back to where it should be. So is that what causes it? Just having it forward, it's just harder to to see. It's through. also it's also the OEM equipped quality of scope too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two things like if you take any scope and mount it forward, like it's obviously it's not to get I'm not an engineer or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you you hamper like you're outside of that that proper eye relief where all the light gathered is being projected, you know, at that, at that point yeah. for the image. So you're always outside of that, but on a Wait, long, I just assumed there was like a scout, like a forward mount. Yes. I relief specific scope there is. available. So there yeah. taking my normal scope would be useless. At a, you know, because of what's required to make that wire relief long and correct. Right. By the time, it's my understanding. And again, I stand to be correct on this. People don't take my word for it. And again, this is all my opinion based on my experience. So I'm not saying this, mm-hmm. for, but for the for them to in, lengthen the eye relief and have that uh, be that focal point or part of the eye box by the t- it, by the time that light gets to your eye, you've lost a lot of that light. Uh, so it's it just doesn't transfer as much light to your eye, right? At, or as a conventional scope would, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever the the witchcraft and wizardry that <laughs> on in there, it just doesn't. And I think the other thing too is, um, I think. People who really know rifles and scopes knew it. Uh, and even when the Ruger kind of first, it's almost like remaking a movie. You know, like now I, I, I really feel my age. Like everyone's remaking movies that I saw when I was younger and it's frustrating. I, I think feel this, so sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think this is kind of the same thing. I'm sure there was like shooters out there who were like, oh, I've seen this before, been there, done it, and kind of knew some of the limitations. But if you look at it, none of the manufacturers actually came to market with a, uh, um, uh, and, 
uh, Scouts go, but I honestly think this is why. It really was uh, a refresh, in my view, a marketing kind of ploy and boom, mm-hmm. and it, it worked. It, it absolutely worked. And now to that end, there's scope companies that are dropping the Scout scope simply yes. because now the word is out for our generation of shooters. Mm-hmm. Whereas the past generations kind of already lived through this. So it's kind of, well, that's, that was the next thing I was going to ask is like, what's the marketing like today? Are, are they pushing these things just as hard? I, Cause I, I've never really had the desire to, to, to purchase one. Nobody's pushing yeah. it in my face. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it anymore. Like I just, Except Jeff, but. yeah. Well, and I think too, is like what kind of captured me was kind of like, uh, I really like the, the, the idea or the kind of well what came with the scout rifle concept and, and it's all very jeff cooper is like handling mm-hmm. um, technique and you know sling work and um uh, and i love and that, that was a big thing that was a big yeah. thing was yeah. the sling work yeah i love that stuff and i so when you start to when i start to dig into it, it's like oh yeah like this i really like that stuff um and that stuff is great. Like a heck, I built a shooting thing all around that, um, that kind of work. And I think, and, and to be quite honest with you, I think we don't do enough of that today. I think, uh, I think our shooters, particularly in Canada, um, uh, who hunt as well, we're very used to flat rangey rules and handling guns on a flat range, but we're not very good or used to handling guns out in the wild. Um, where, you know, you don't have a safety table, you don't have a barrel to drop a gun in like you would in three gun. You don't have all those things. And I find a lot of people, um, you know, aside from loading the gun and unloading the gun, they have no idea of like different fire, like Cooper's firearms conditions and where they're applicable and where they're useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff is, you know, rifle craft that I think is lost today. Um, and, uh, like for instance, and this is not criticized, like not critic. Criticize? Oh, I can't speak. Uh, not to criticize. That's not what it is. But like, take like maple seed uh, and precision rimfire. You know, when you move from position to position with a bolt gun, you do so with the bolt open, which is great for the flat range in that competition. <coughs> point behind that, hundred percent, and I wouldn't challenge that at all. But if that's your experience behind a, a rifle, then translate that to the wild and hunting, or uh, you know, if you're pushing uh, through bush or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. That isn't applicable, really, and no. and and I think that's the thing is like I don't I think um, a lot of our shooters today, and not to be not to criticize, but I think a lot of us don't have that same rifle craft experience behind handling guns, where you do a ton of handling of a firearm and maybe very little or no shooting, and I think that's I think that's a thing. So I like totally even got after making a shooting program around that, and. Um, so I love that stuff, and that's kind of how part of why I fell in love with the, the scout rifle idea. I was just kind of let down by the scout rifle optic idea. That's what I was let down by, for the most part. Fair enough. So why is it called a scout rifle? I don't know. Oh, I, I, <laughs> so so the the idea was, and I think it was based on um, what some German units did in World War II was they used a, uh, oh, they mounted an optic on a, is it a Craig 98? Uh, my World War II military firearms aren't that great. I think they were the first. Yes. Yeah. And so they would send a single person out with that rifle and they would, that's, you know, they had rifle, ammunition, water to scout the enemy camp 
So they gave them a rifle powerful enough to defend themselves, but the idea was the optic was not to be used. And I'm, I'm going back a number of years of my reading mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they were scouting, but they still had the firepower and the ability to defend themselves. I actually have, uh, if I can read here for a moment, a little expert to quote here of things from uh, 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 that Jeff Cooper quotes in, our, in his article, what a scout is. He says, a scout is a man trained in the use of ground and cover, movement from cover to cover, rifle marksmanship, map reading, observation, and accurately reporting the results of his observation. This term also was honorific for obviously a scout uh, was a very high type of soldier, an active, intelligent, trustworthy, courageous, skillful athlete. He acted alone, not as a member of a team. By choice, he did not fight, but he had to be an expert at the hit and run art of single combat. By choice, he did not shoot, but if forced to uh, shoot, he shot quickly, carefully, and as little as possible. One round, one hit, and then vanish. That was his motto. He did not need an assault rifle. He needed a scale rifle. So that's like the first paragraph of uh, okay. the scale rifle idea. And then okay. I th- so that's kind of where I was. Yeah. I think, yeah. So it was just as an aside, was Colonel Cooper involved with the um, uh, USMC Scout Sniper School? Well, I'm wondering, yeah. Like, he, I'm, he, I'm, I'm wondering that myself. As we're that seems to going for this, that. yes, that seems to fit that. And then I think he kind of takes that kind of idea, then also uh, like for his own work, applies it into hunting. And yes, rifle has kind of be able to do all these different things, and and which is so cool. Like I said, it's all I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't like the optic. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, <read that> on <laughs> it. I tried that's, that. Yeah, that's what I got. Oh, wonderful. That's that's what I got. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I spent a fair bit of time and effort and funds on that idea and and uh, a couple optics and and a lot of a lot of uh, rounds expended. So did you only grab the Ruger or did you try any other models? I only owned the Ruger and I've owned two different versions of that Ruger. Um, they were very similar. The and, original gun sight and then the more recent or so the first one, the reason I owned what is uh, cause I, uh, here's a, the first one I owned was the export compliant one. Okay. So the, uh, the one we did not have, it was an 18 inch barrel and didn't have a threaded muzzle. No muzzle, no, no muzzle break. break. And then year, I got that from LeBaron and then mm-hmm. years later, they imported the 18 inch stainless steel with the muzzle brakes. So then I got that one. Okay. Uh, um, and I shot, like I said, I shot both of them. They're so essentially exactly the same rifle, one with the thread muzzle, one without. And, uh, and like I said, I just, um, uh, I hung on to the, I didn't want to let go of it. That's why I got that second one. But, and, and, but yeah, I just, at the end of the day and, and, and ultimately I ended up getting rid of it, uh, just cause it, it, I just, I kind of just perform better with other rifles. I don't know how else to put it. I just kind of perform better with other rifles. I think I would have stomached it more if it, like, I think I, I probably should end up with the Mossberg because I probably would still have it today as like, like a very utilitarian, a little bit lighter weight, mm-hmm. a little bit more compact, like lean into the compact. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and maybe if it was a 16 inch uh, or 16 and a half inch Ruger Scout, I would have kept that, but. 
I think for that 18 inch one and for its weight and everything else, I was just better off with a sporterized rifle. So um, that's, that was just my, my kind of thought on it. But it was, it was disappointing <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but, uh, and there's people championing it still today. Like there's one fellow on YouTube, God bless him. What the heck is his name? Uh, Steve Clifford. And he's uh, some, some guy in the States. Uh, I don't know him at all. I just watch his uh, videos occasionally. And, uh, now he's he's kind of it's funny because he's kind of come to this realization, so he's got a channel kind of that was really scouty, and then kind of like oh, <laughs> and then and then uh, now now he's on to like uh, he's on to this thing that he's coining as like the Makaira rifle, which is basically a scout rifle that has a standard conventionally mounted scope, and stretching that out. So it's a, it's a carbine, like and I think this is where the thing is. It's like people want it love it so much and they want it to work and want it to be its thing that they're kind of coming out in these these different directions and calling them different things it's a it's a carbine put a scope on a car mm -hmm. there you go it's a yep. yeah again like it's so anyway that, there's one, that was my journey with scout rifles so do you, do you have any desire to move on from yours jeff or you're pretty happy i'm very happy you've got yours tweaked up a little bit for your yes yeah. yeah yeah it it's it works for me yeah, it's it's if I'm going to the bush, that's the rifle I'm taking. Yeah, so I like I like the way he has his put together, and I think that I think I would have been if I if I had the Mossberg, Mossberg, I'd probably still have it. Yeah, shorter. Are you gonna go and buy one now? No, I'd I'd rather have a lever action thirty thirty. There we okay. go. There you go. <laughs> that's another great brush gun. I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh. Well, usually when he gets talking to you guys, he's always itching to buy the next thing. So <laughs> I'm bad for that. Yeah. Totally... But at least maybe this deterred him a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't see you being you like needing a scout rifle at all. Neither would I at this point in time. Need is not the thing, right? Like, okay, you don't want, want one. <laughs> it's want. Yeah. Do you want one right now? No. He may come out and shoot mine this weekend. Yeah, I can that, borrow. I can borrow good. Jeff's. <laughs> I'll, I'll get my fix. There you go. Yeah. That was a great topic. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we'll head on to events. So number one, um, just do another plop there for National Range Day. Uh, Melvich and Rod and Gun in particular uh, will be hosting National Range Day uh, from 9 to 3 p.m. on June 3rd. Uh, we will have a $10 entry. It's open kids to kids 12 and under free. Yeah. Kids 12 and under free. You are right. And it's open to anybody who wants to come and try shooting. So bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, we also will have an archery circuit, uh, or archery setup and, yep. uh, somebody to give you some tips and tricks as you learn how to use a bow. So, which and is pretty awesome. Jay's, Jay's going to come and show everybody how to shoot with a scout rifle. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't do yeah. well with a scout rifle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you're not local to um, the area, I, again, once again, encourage you to take a look at uh, uh, who is hosting National Range Day. There's NationalRangeDay.ca. There you go. And there should be a list of gun clubs who are participating. Just so. look for one in your area. Yeah. Uh, Josh, do you want to talk about event number two? Sure. Event number two is Ontario Gun Services second annual turkey contest. Bring your turkey in to be weighed. No entry fee. Each turkey weighed will be entered into a draw for a chance to win a $200 gift card for Ontario Gun Services. There's one for longest turkey, or sorry, largest turkey, longest beard, longest spurs. And in the case of a tie, the winner will be determined by a draw. 
All turkeys will be weighed on the new scale, and the contest is free to enter, and it's fun for all. So that is in uh, Kirk Kirkton, Ontario. So if you're somewhat local to that, we are. I don't know who else is, but there you go. Mm -hmm. you Two can. years ago yesterday, Josh shot his first turkey on his first time out hunting. There, there you go. go. Yeah. It came up in my memories. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? I feel like I need to get another one. Yes, you do. And you should have weighed that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so we don't have any listener emails that I'm aware of. So uh, please send any feedback, questions, comments, or any events uh, you have to host at newshootercanada.ca, our Facebook, Instagram, comment section, uh, and now with YouTube, like and subscribe. Please and thank you. We all appreciate it. Uh, you can also go to our website at newshootercanada.ca. So, uh, shout outs. Uh, yeah, I'll shout out Ontario Gun Services. Uh, they've very generously donated some 22 ammo for us for the National Range Day. So, thank you very much for that. Thank you, Ontario Gun Great Services. Bunch of guys. Yeah. 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 Okay. Jay, any shout outs this week? Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Rick uh, and uh, Travis and Matt. Uh, from uh, CRPS, all those guys, uh, that whole gang, uh, they were awesome. It was great to see them this week. And you're going to plug what you did yesterday? What did I do yesterday? Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> it's been a busy week. I'm sorry. I completely <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we kind of did a detailed debrief of the course on Rimfire Nation. So have a look at that. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, I completely forgot. It's been a long week. <laughs> I think the, the live stream or the uh, the YouTube recording's up, but the uh, podcast isn't out yet. But hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So look for Rimfire Nation on that, and you'll see it there. It's pretty cool. Cool. Very cool. Jeff, any shoutouts? Um, I'm gonna shout out Amanda. Uh, she's been stuck in exams, and I give her these concepts for some projects that we're doing at the range. And all of a sudden she finishes a week of exams and she's got three posters flying out that are <laughs> like professionally published the, about 10 minutes after she's done her exams. So I don't know how you do it, Amanda, but thank you. Um, I really appreciate your support uh, when we're doing these events. Well, thank you very kindly. I am going to shout out my girls at work, Alona and Martina. Those girls have kept me sane during my insanity moments and uh they've been working their butt off a little extra hard so i will i will shout out to them and of course a uh, shout out to you three you guys always keep me on my toes that's for You're sure like so <laughs> i always open up the chat and i'm just like what am i getting into now <laughs> i love it and it's, <laughs> it's always a lot of fun so thank you boys so, well, until next time, I'm going to sign off and say, go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Left-handed people are in the right mind. Get off the bench. There you go. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. night. Well, I really like 22 men. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale, hell I want them all. I like guns, 
I like guns. I like guns. 